Father, in the name of Jesus, we are humbled this morning because you chose us. You chose each one of us that will be here today and will be listening to your words, dear Lord. You have prepared a table before us, and you don't do that in vain, my Father. Thank you for each person whom you chose that they will be in this church this morning. As we share the word, my Father, come and open our hearts, Father, so that we may understand and so that we may gain and benefit from your word, dear Lord. As we go through examples of people in the Bible who had some setbacks and some stormy situations in their lives and the way you came and you came as God, my Father, help us to relate to our own situations and appreciate the fact that you will never leave us and you will never forsake us. And when you say yes, it is yes. We thank you and we honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you followed the reading of today, uh, I have like four examples of very nice stories in the Bible. I like associating myself with the life of David. My last born son is David because I really like David. I don't admire his weak points, but I admire the way he always remembered to go back to God, repent his sins, and move on. Because one thing the devil does is to make us just be stuck somewhere, and we don't move on again, we are just there. And he makes us feel so comfortable, and he makes us think we are okay. But David knew that was not okay. Uh, our sister uh, Irene read, uh, read to us Samuel chapter 30. Uh, and in chapter, first Samuel chapter 30, and in chapter 29, that's where we get the whole story of David. During this time, he had, uh, he was uh, with the Philistine leaders or commanders. And at some point, they didn't like him, and they didn't want to use him anymore. So that is where his discouragement started. If you read chapter 29, you see that at some point, they told him, we don't want you anymore. The leader said, we don't want this David anymore among us. So he thought he was being of use, but they said no. And he was told to go with his men and go back. And that is where, in verse 30, they started the journey now to go back to Ziglag. So you see, he's already a discouraged person. You know, when people neglect you, uh, they don't want to be with you, you don't go laughing and smiling because you feel rejected. So in chapter 30, he's already rejected. And then, as they go back home, to their disappointment, they realized when they were away, the enemy came. And they not only burnt uh, this small village where David was inhabiting during this time, they also carried away the women and the children and everything of value. Another setback for David. And at this point, 
everybody was discouraged, all the men who had gone with David, because they came back, no sisters, no brothers, no wives, no children, empty houses, just emptiness, and the smell of, you know, all these things that had been burnt. So the first instinct was to be very discouraged, and the second one was to start complaining and blaming each other. And the person they blamed first was David. They started blaming him. They said, you told us to go. And in the first place, you are the one who made us settle in this little village. Now, see what has happened. We don't have our children. We don't have nothing. And you can now imagine the situation of David when everybody now has turned against him. But one thing David did that really make us so strong is that he didn't give up. Although he, he was sad and he was mourning because of his two wives, he remembered something very important. The Bible says in verse uh, 6 of uh, 1 Samuel 13, it says, Then David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him. Another discouragement. They were thinking of really stoning him. Because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. But David, I wanted to get that verse, even if you don't get anything else. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Not just God, it is in the Lord his God. That means he knew him and he had a relationship with him. That means by turning to God, that involves prayer. You don't just go to God and look at him or imagine. You have to pray. That means he prayed. And after that, he waited for specific instructions and directions. Sometimes we pray and leave. We don't even wait for an answer. We just say, oh, I commit everything to you, then you leave. But David did not do that. He waited for instruction. And he asked God for specific things. He said, can we follow them? If we follow them, are we going to regain anything that they took? And if you read the Bible, well, what was the answer? What was the answer? It was a yes. With capital letters, it was a yes. God said yes. Every time we go back to God in a situation. Every time we wait for instruction, most of the time the answer will be, yes, you will make it. You can go. You can try again. Sometimes back I was listening to some boys um, talk many years ago when I was teaching, and these boys were discussing about their dads. You know, boys, when they are young, they're not very strong. So you have to associate yourself with, you know, something strong. And I think for a child, they have to look for a brother or a dad who is stronger so that they appear strong. So one boy said, wait, don't play around with my dad. If my dad catch you, he'll shake you, and they just drop you, and you die. The boys were like, oh, your dad is strong. The other boy said, if my dad comes here, and catch you, he will draw you so far, you just go and fall. The boys were like, I think that is stronger. Then the third the, boy said, you have not heard anything. You know nothing about my dad. 
So they were listening. He said, if my dad comes here, get hold of you, shake you, throw, up, throw you up, you will never be seen again. Oh, the boy, the other boys left. They said, we can't stand your dad. We can't just stand him because you'll never be seen again. The main point is, how do you describe your heavenly dad to people? If you are to talk about your dad and how strong he is, do you just shy away when there is a situation and people are looking up on you? They say, oh, we have a Christian here. She goes to Naema. What can she do? Do you just shy and say, well, this is beyond Naema. We, we don't deal with this. People expect to hear something strong about your daddy because they expect you have a relationship with him. And it's not a one-day relationship. It's not a Sunday relationship. It's an all-time relationship. So this boy really feared. They said, well, if that's what your daddy does, your daddy is strong. So David, that, that's the kind of God he had. And he believed in him. So therefore, he encouraged the people. And he stepped out. I thank God because last week, um, Isaac talked about stepping out. I think God moves in wonderful ways when he wants us to connect. And today we are also talking about stepping out and choosing. You don't just step out and stand there, but you have to choose what to do. David chose to guide these people, to take these men, because he had an answer now. And the answer was yes, and he knew they would get all the men and all the women. Along the way, if you read the story, he chose like 600 men, but along the way, 200 men could not make it. In the journey, we, al we always have people who are weak, but we don't tell them to go back. David told them just to sit somewhere and wait as they move on. But sometimes when we have a weaker person, we just ignore them and just leave them. But David never did that. He went with them and he told them, if you can't go, just sit here, pray for us, take care of everything, let us move on. You can see the kind, the kind of man David was. He has forgotten all the stress he has. He's now taking care of other people. If you listen again to the story, along the way, they found a man who was almost dying from the enemy from the enemy. He was almost dying. And they gave him food. They revived him. And this man became a blessing to them. A dying man, they fed him. And he said, I am from the enemy. But if you accept me, if you forgive me, if you don't kill me, I will lead you to where these people are. And I will lead you to where your wives and children are. How many times we ignore people along the way because they don't look the way we expect them to look. They don't look like nicely dressed. They, they look like they have nothing much to offer. They're like dying. Where I work, sometimes you have a, somebody who always say, why are we, why am I here in a place of dying people? We all look like we are dying. And I always encourage them and tell no, nobody is dying, especially right away. Yeah, we may die eventually, but not right away. We still have, you know, something to do. Your family needs you. Everybody needs you. And they say, I don't think so. I say, yeah, we do. I need you. And, you know, always be an encouragement, even to those who don't have any kind of encouragement. So he took this guy, fed him, 
and he helped them. They went and they recovered everything. It's a very interesting story. Not only their wives and children, they even recovered other things that the enemy had stolen, even from other areas. So when the Lord comes in your situation and you really seek him, you will not only recover what you lost, but you will even get more blessings because you listen to God. If you listen to the devil, he'll make you think that all is gone. All is gone. You are, even your very hope is gone. This morning, I have a word of encouragement that it's not all gone. If David was able to recover all that, uh, we can also recover so much. Uh, we have another story that is um, about the three lepers. We have read about them. They had this disease and they were not accepted in the community. And when that time came, when everybody ran away, there was all this fighting, they were left behind. Who cares about a leper anyway? You take your belongings and go. But God was with them. In our situation of leprosy, God will still see us where we are. So God saw them. And he came to them and he made them decide and choose what to do. Because I said our problem is sometimes we cannot decide what to do. We are just there. So they chose to go into the enemy's camp because they said, if we stay here, we'll die. If we go there, we'll be killed anyway. So either way, we lose. So let's go. And you remember how God used them? When they went there, we read in the Bible that uh, the Lord magnified everything and they were hard, like there are so many people coming and therefore the enemy ran away and they left everything there. And they had, go, they had to go back and call the army and tell them, let's go. The enemy is no longer there. Let's go and bring everything back. You see how important it is to come to a point and decide and choose what to do. We have another story of um, Peter in the Bible. There was this situation where they saw Jesus himself walking uh, on the water because before that, they were somewhere, all of them, and Jesus told them, you can cross over the other side, I'll come. But Jesus delayed a little bit. And then after some time, he remembered, oh, my disciples are already in the deep waters now. Because wherever you are, Jesus already knows, even before you tell him. He knows that your ship is sinking. He knows when everything is okay. So something told him, because he was God, that it was not well with the disciples. So he walked towards them. They had taken the long way, but because he was God, he could just walk across. He took the shortcut, and he found them. He was walking on the water. And when the disciples saw him, they were, they were so amazed and they were afraid. And they said, this must be a ghost. We've never seen anything like this, somebody walking on water. And among all the disciples, it's only Peter who decided, well, I have to step out. I have to see what is this. And Peter always tried those funny things that nobody else will do. 
But before he did that, he talked to Jesus. And he told him, if you are the one, if you are the one, let me come. If you are the one. So always it's very important to inquire of the Lord. He did not just jump into the water. He asked him. And Jesus said, yes, I am the one. Come. This morning, the same Jesus is looking at you. He's looking at your situation. He's looking at you. Between you and him, there is some water. You may be scared, but he's saying, I am the one. Come. The answer is still yes. Again, another yes. It was a yes for David. It was a yes for the lepers. God made them to go anyway. Another yes now for Peter. Why do you think you are not important for God to say yes to you this morning? You are important. But it's only the devil who will make you feel like you are not. So he said yes to Peter, and Peter walked. Peter walked. But along the way, because of his human weakness, or maybe pride, you know, walking in water is, we don't do that every day, and all the other disciples were watching him. I think even pride. So he looked and, you see, can you all see me, Peter, on the water? And when he did that, he started to, to sink. Every time we divert from the Lord, that's when the enemy attacks. And then we have to go back crying, save me. Our God is so good and so faithful. He still came up and said, Peter, come. And he saved, he saved him, and he was able to walk across, and he was able to see, yes, this is not a ghost. This is Jesus. I don't know why you keep seeing Jesus as a ghost, you know, somebody who can't help you. And he has done it before. But some situations come, and you doubt him. And you say, Jesus cannot do this. Yes. Today the answer is yes. Tell your partner the answer is yes. Yeah, the answer is yes. He's still saying yes to all of us today. It doesn't matter the kind of situation that you are in. The answer remains yes. The last example is in Acts chapter 28. If you have time, it's a very interesting story. It starts all the way from Acts chapter 27. Uh, we read the story of um, Paul. This time he's like a slave, a prisoner. He has been taken into slavery or a prisoner for preaching the word of God. But he's not giving up. He has chosen to do it anyway. So at this particular story, they are on their way to, is it Syria? They are on their way. They're in a ship. And uh, things are not going on so well. But at, on Acts 27 verse 25, he became an encouragement to all those who are with him. And he told them, Therefore I urge you to take nourishment. Eat. Because they were not eating. They were so discouraged. He told them, Eat and drink for your survival. Since not a hair will fall from your head. 
because God had promised him nothing, nothing from your body. There will be no harm. So he passes the message again because he already had the answer from the Lord. It was yes, you will go, you make it. There will be setbacks along the way, but no harm will happen. Remember they're in the water and at some point they had a, a shipwreck and they were thrown into the water and they had to swim and go to some island. And all this time, uh, he remained an encouragement. He kept telling them, we are not going to suffer any loss. No human being will die. And finally, they landed uh, at uh, uh, an island called Malta. It was not the end here. Uh, because in this island, if you read about it, it's a small island. It was very unfamiliar to them. The people there were looking strange, and they were looking to, at them in a strange way because they had never seen them. But they still encouraged themselves, and they were so cold. They had been in the water for so many days. They were cold and hungry. And the Bible says at some point, uh, they made a fire to warm themselves now because they are now in an island. When they made this fire, things now were getting better. At least they were not in the water. They were somewhere, there were people, and now they, are, they were warm. And Peter, uh, not Peter, uh, Paul thought now things were okay, but they were not. We read that as he was making that fire, a snake came and just... Uh, like it was on, it was going all around his wrist. And the people in that island, most of them were like magicians. They believe in weird things. So they expected him to die on the spot. And they, they said, yeah, we told you, this is not a good man. He's a murderer. How can he come to an, our island and immediately a snake choose him, you know? And when they were saying all those bad things about, uh, Paul, he just looked at them. He didn't say anything. Sometimes we choose to keep quiet when everybody is saying negative things. When you open your mouth, sometimes you make it worse. So uh, he didn't say anything. He looked at them. He looked at the snake. He remembered what kind of a God he has. He shook it off. Just tell your friend, he shook it off. If it, yeah, like it's nothing. He shook it off, and they were amazed. He was not harmed. So sometimes the devil will bring things that look like snakes. They are terrifying, Just, but they are setbacks on your journey, especially when you are coming to the end of the journey, just to make you feel you are not going anywhere, to make you feel you are stuck somewhere. Maybe in your school, you have been trying hard, in your job, it's becoming so hard. Just when you think you are doing so good, something else comes. Those are just uh, snakes, but they will never bite you. What you do, you just shake them off. Just shake them off and move on. And this is what uh, uh, Paul did to the amazement of everybody. They were so amazed. And now they said, he must be a god. He must be a god. So every time people will have something uh, to say about you. I don't know if this morning you are in your Malta. You could be here in church, but you are in your Malta. 
Malta is a strange place that you didn't plan to be, but the circumstances of life have pushed you to that place. When you thought you were doing so good, when your hopes were so high, the devil pushes, pushes you to a Malta. But I want to remind you this morning, no matter how many snakes are there, no matter how small your space is, Malta was a small uh, island. There was not enough space for everybody. God knows you are there. And very soon, he's taking you out of there. You are just about to make it. Praise the Lord. Yeah, it doesn't matter what kind of a Malta you are in. The winds of life may have drawn you there, but God will use other strong winds to get you out of there because he's God and he's able uh, to do that. It is a place where you didn't plan to be. Sometimes our friends push us there. Sometimes our own decisions push us to that kind of an island. And then we, we start blaming everybody. We start blaming ourselves, and we start asking why. Let me tell you, today, the most important question is not why. And never waste your time asking God why. He may never even tell you. The best question is how. I go to your father and ask him, how do I come out of this matter? Is it you, Lord? And you say, yes, it's me. Come out. But most of us struggle with asking why. And one more thing, when people are going through a hard time, a trying moment, never go there and pretend you can solve that because you cannot solve. Never go there and tell them, ah, you know why you're going through this? You don't pray. Remember the last time you pray? You don't go to church regularly. There are people who are very good at telling you why you are going through stuff. Please stop that. You don't know their story. You don't know where they are coming from, and you don't know where God is leading them. When people are going through stuff, all they need to know, all you need to go and tell them is that God is with them, and he will never forsake them, and he will never leave them. And you yourself be there with them. Some just need just a handshake. Tell them, I am here. I'm here with you for two hours. I'll be with you. That's all they need. But don't go there with all kind of answers. Oh, it's because of the family back home. You know, you didn't do ABCD. Yeah, it's following you all the way to America. No, that's wrong. Who told you? It's only God who knows why some things happen. He knows for how long and he knows when it will stop. And I said, all they need some time is just for you to hold their hands and walk with them. But don't do it like the way sometimes I was reading somewhere that in back home, those who are of my age or maybe older or something, if you see a man holding a wife's hand, you know, it's not normal for the men back there to hold your hand and you, know, and you walk along the street. So somebody said, if you see... Uh, Men back home holding a wife's hand, she's very sick. She's going to hospital. <laughs> so don't keep uh, admiring or wishing to be like somebody. Ah, he doesn't hold my hand. Oh, he doesn't do this. 
And don't feel that there is something you could have done. Maybe there was nothing. The Lord is just taking you through situations so that he can teach you a lesson or so that you can be an example to others. They will be saying, if so-and-so went through that and they are still strong, I can do it. When we gather in church, it is the Lord who invites all of us to come to church. Nobody was, you know, are called through a phone. Hey, are you coming to church? No. It's God himself who came to you this morning and gave you the desire uh, to come to church because he had a, a reason uh, for you to do that. Therefore, go to him the way you are and always ask for what to do. So when you go through that kind of a thing, trust God for the how and not for the why. If you are here this morning and you are going through that kind of a situation, trust God for the how and not the why. And always go back to God and ask him, Father, is it you? If he says yes, then move on. Don't listen to people. We go to people, but we make our final decisions as we go back to God. So how do we step out of our matter? That's the last thing we are going to talk about today. How do you step out? You are there. How do you decide now it's enough? I have to move on. Number one, don't weigh the situation with your own strength. Don't weigh the situation with your own strength. Sometimes the enemy is really strong and ready to fight. Don't, go, don't weigh that situation with what is in you because you may not have. You may not have what it takes. Go back to God and tell him, I can't do this, I need you. In this kind of a situation, I need you. In this kind of my family situation, I don't have what it takes. Yes, we may look strong, we may appear so strong, but we may not have what it takes. And let me remind you, when you come here to church, maybe you are a source of encouragement to somebody just the way you are, and you think you can't make it. There's somebody who sees you in church, the way you smile, the way you are welcoming, and they like coming every day. They will always come, and as they come, they will find God. But first they saw you, the way you welcome them, the way you smile, the way you pray, the way you have so much hope. And they say, yeah, I want to go to that church. And when, when they come here, the rest is done by God. It's not you. God will do the rest. So don't weigh the situation with your own strength. Don't measure the difficult with your ability. Sometimes we measure, you see, I had the same thing last year. How did I do it? It was not you. You never did it. It is God. So never measure whatever you are going through with your own ability. You may not have all of it. You may not have enough of it. Still, go back to God. Inquire of him in that kind of a situation 
and he will guide you. Don't consider the situation with the resources you have. That you want to do something and you just sit there and say, yeah, I have enough. No. Go back to God again. Remember the thief on the cross? He also had to step out. There were two thieves. And they knew they had done wrong, but one of them thought he was not that bad. And so one thief stepped out to Jesus and he said, please, remember me. Yeah, they, they had done all kinds of strange things, but he was, he was humble. He stepped out and told Jesus, please, remember me when you go into that paradise. Because where God is, everything is there. All the resources are there. Everything you want is there. And Jesus said, today, not tomorrow, today. And you remember he was going to die, but he still gave hope to somebody. He said, today, you'll be with me in paradise. And, the other, and he told the other thief, you're not even ashamed. Huh? You know how bad we are? You're not even ashamed of complaining to the master. So just there, he found favor. I pray that today... When you go with your situation, you find favor in the Lord. Praise God. I pray that as you raise your voice, as you shake off whatever is there, it doesn't matter that you find favor in God. I also pray that as we seek God, and when he says yes, we'll be able to step out. Because sometimes, even after he says yes, we are still stuck and looking back and asking who is there, who is watching. Just step out if the answer is yes. Psalms 91 verse 14. David said, Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high places because he has known my name. That's the promise of the Lord. Every time you're in a situation, uh, first of all, if you have the love of God in you, he will deliver you. That is his promise. I'll deliver him. I'll set him on high places, and people will see how high the Lord has lifted you. And the reason is, you know his name. You know how to call upon uh, his name, and you know how to depend on him. Even when your ship is sinking and going down, trust God for deliverance and victory. And finally, trust the unseen hand of God in the events of life. People may not see the hand of God. You may not see the hand of God. Sometimes it's unseen. But still, trust that unseen hand of God in the events of life. And you'll never regret. And the last thing, stop uh, begging or carrying other people's situations and making them yours. It becomes so hard on you. There are people who have a habit of begging and borrowing other people's issue, and they keep borrowing. They are so heavy laden, they don't know what to do. Oh, did you hear about that? I'm so sad. I don't know what to do. I'm thinking... Yeah, you are a Christian. Just pray with them. God be there with them. But don't borrow all the drama 
take it to your house, take it everywhere, like it's yours. It's not yours. You may even have enough of your own. So don't go borrowing and begging all kinds of situations, and then you are so stressed up. I read of a story uh, of this dog who had some puppies. The mother or the, the dog himself had a problem of his leg. He was limping and pulling it. So when he gave birth, the puppies looked at their mother and said, Oh, we can borrow this. I think the way our mother walks is good. So all the ten puppies were just... They didn't have a problem, but they just borrowed some drama and some issue, and they were all... And then the mother was like, I'm so unfortunate. How come all my ten dogs, you know, that's how they are walking. We have people who walk like that. They just borrow drama from people. They take it and you all see them, they are just like that. Take it back, pray for them, and move, move on. Teach them how to go to God and they'll be healed. They don't have a problem. Some don't even have a problem. But they want you to believe they, are, they have a problem. They want you to own the problem. They want you to borrow it. And all of us in the church now will be we are, all, we are all borrowed from each other. Nobody is strong again to help each other. Let us quit doing that. If somebody has a problem, go to them, talk to them, show them where to take their issues, direct them to God. Don't borrow that and God telling, hey, did you hear? You need to go and see her. Go borrow something. So everybody will be all be borrowing. No. Uh, we are encouragers. We are people who go strengthen others, not borrow what they have. May God help us and tell them, you don't have a problem. Even your children, your family, tell them, no, we don't have this problem in our family. Some families believe, oh, we die young. Oh, we can't keep money. We don't save anything. Oh, in our family, nobody will go to school. Those are all lies direct from the devil. Nobody said there is that kind of a family. Let them know, no, it's a no. And it's a yes from God. It's doable. People can go to school. People can do things. People can serve God. When you come here in church, the devil makes you believe you limp. So you can't do much. When they ask, oh, who can do this? Oh, there are people, they, you know, where they sit there. Oh, this can do. I can't do that. No. You have what it takes. Just ask God, what can I do for you? What have you put in me that I, I can serve you? So I encourage you today, in this journey, be an encourager to somebody. And when it comes to yourself, encourage yourself in the Lord. And move with that group the Lord has given you. All of us have a group that really trusts in you. Tell them it's okay, we are going, we are getting, we are recovering everything. I pray that you recover everything that the devil has taken. And come back home with more the glory and honor of God. Let us pray. Father, we want to thank you. We appreciate you because you are our Father. Thank you for encouraging us this morning. Thank you for reminding us that a time has come when we have to stand up, st step out, and choose what to do. You have also reminded us to be an encouragement to somebody else. You have also reminded us to stop borrowing stuff that we can't handle, but leave everything to you and direct your people to you. Our work 
is to plant the seed. You will do the watering and you do everything else that is necessary. Help us to plant the seed with our prayers, with our lifestyle, with our giving, and with our service to you, dear Lord. And when you come back for us, my Father, you'll be able to tell us, good and faithful servant, you have been faithful in so little, I'll make you faithful in much. That is our prayer for today, dear Lord. As we step out today to help somebody, give us what it takes, dear Lord. When it comes to our own issues, my Father, we may not have what it takes. We may not have the strength. We may not have the resources. We may not have good friends. We may not have everything. But, Father, we have you. We have you today as our Father. And when you say yes, it's a yes, dear Lord. I pray you say yes to somebody this morning. I pray you say yes to somebody's situation and help them move as they come to you, dear Lord. Give them the courage to come back, to come to you, because the answer is yes, you are God. You are the one who is calling us and telling us it is possible. We thank you and we honor you for you are such a loving Father. What can we do without you, dear Lord, this morning? Where can we go without you, dear Lord? We invite you and we ask you to take over. Those who are in their matter, dear Lord, they are so uncomfortable. They cannot live there anymore. They are, they have so, there are so many snakes clinging on them, dear Lord. Help them to shake it off. Help me too to shake it off. Whatever situation is holding me, help me to shake it off. Shake it off and go, because you go with us, dear Lord. Thank you, my Father. We honor you and we worship you. In Jesus' name, we do pray, believe, and trust. Amen. God bless you.